0: This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
1: Now, all that's left this open for that margarita mix.
2: I've been around the scene. You you get a little me? I'm fantasizing, giving you a little bit of salsa. In the club, turned up my dance will make you hot. Take
1: me up. Hello everyone and welcome to another show of Ensalada Latina and today I got with me Andres Proaño. How you doing Andres?
3: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for being with me today and I gotta tell everyone, Andres and I, we are fellow Ecuadorians so it's really great to meet a, another Ecuadorian in Ontario, New Zealand. <laughs> I, we gotta say that there's just not as many of us here as other
3: countries, right? Yes, that's true. <laughs> I I was surprised to find you as well. <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah, I think that here in the South Island, I've said it before, but I've, it's just like such a <laughs> interesting fact. There's like two Ecuadorians. And I think the North Island, there might be another five. And I guess that's it. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they're like spread everywhere. Right. Um. Andres, thanks very much for being with us today. You know, this show is to like showcase what Latin Americans are doing around this country. And I thought that you have a very, very interesting profile, right? So uh, we're, we have about, you know, 25 minutes to talk about this. Can you just give us like a little snapshot of like very little of what you do and then we can go to the first song and then we can keep going.
3: Sure. Okay, so I've been in Oteroba, New Zealand for four and a half years. Um, my, mainly, my main job is uh, as an IT uh, tech leader or uh, software developer. I'm s- focusing on NGOs, um, um, social movements, helping them from behind You know, with all the, their tech needs. And also, I have my own little group to help uh, migrants specifically with uh, um, housing, hosting, and also migrant women program that I, that I partner up with, a, with another migrant lady. And yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, find my way here, settle, and learn a bit more about uh, Tetiditi and uh, Maori culture as well as a as a good uh, as a good uh, guest and migrant. And yeah, that's it in a nutshell. That's perfect.
1: Yeah, it seems like you're really busy and. In, you know, in Spanish, we have this phrase that says, estoy luchando desde mi trinchera. How do you say that in English, man? How do you even translate that?
3: Fighting from my own trench or something. <laughs> from my own
1: trench, yeah. It means like you're just de- doing what you can, right? From your own yeah. side. Uh, okay, so before we start, you know, talking more in depth about you and what you do, can you uh, send us to the first song that you've recommended for this show today, um, Andres?
3: What is the first yes. song that we're listening to? Yeah, in this, in this, in this complicated time, sometimes we, we need a little bit of hope. So, this song is called Color Esperanza by Diego Torres, talks about hope. Yeah.
1: There you go. This is uh, Diego Torres' Color Esperanza.
2: Que hay en tus ojos con solo mirar
1: was Color Esperanza. It's a really nice tune, man. And um, I remember, I think that like, this is actually quite old, right? I feel like maybe I was like 12, 13 yeah. years old when it came out.
3: Well, I'm 35. So I've definitely no spring chicken. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and definitely, you know, that's something that at least today, it's quite current, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, so Andres, who is Andres? Tell us who you are. Okay, so I was thinking maybe we can just talk a little bit about, you know, how you came all the way from Ecuador, Guayaquil, our yeah. city, Guayaquil de mis amores, uh, to um, Wellington, because you're in Welly, right?
3: Yes. Uh, so it's quite a, a long story. And so I'm going to uh, summarize it. Okay. Okay. So I I was born in Ecuador, in Guayaquil. Um I had a chance to finish my secondary school in the U.S. Uh, and also start part of the uni there. However, my family ran out of money. Uh, I mean, I grew up with a bit of privilege, but not enough to <laughs> complete university <laughs> okay. in the U.S. We, yeah. we didn't have all the money there. So I came back to Ecuador and then there was another chance to fly to Argentina. Uh, so I did that when I was 20. I stayed there almost nine years. I became a citizen as well. So I'm also Argentinian. Mm-hmm. And after that, I wanted to see, well, where was my place in the world? Uh, Otero, New Zealand, it was, uh, was my first option. Uh, however, when you apply for visas... Because of my Argentinian citizenship, I, can, I could apply for my, for, the, for the work and holiday visa. Mm. Uh, but that's really hard sometimes. It's, um, the, the system is not very user-friendly and yeah. all the visas uh, snap really fast. So um, you could apply for the Australian work and holiday visa with a paper application. So ah, you could prepare. Okay. So you know, I applied and I got my Australian uh, work and holiday visa b- before. So I went, I went there first. I went to Sydney, was there two and a half years, and I was able through my IT career, I, I was still in the commercial world there, um, I was able to get my permanent residency. And with that, you can actually fly to uh, this re- beautiful country and, and also get residency. So that's ah, the way I did it. So okay. Ecuador, a bit of US, Ecuador, Argentina, Australia, yeah. and then finally Wellington, um, mm-hmm. where I've been here for, you know, four and a half years. So that's kind of the story in between, um, you know, a lot of migration paperwork, um, lots of costs, but definitely worth it to be here. Mm. It's,
1: It's really cool to hear that, you know, in all these places that you've been, You've actually lived there, you know, and you've actually done things there, than rather just like go. Oh, I'm going for two weeks to this country and just like you know go partying and go touristing and yeah. all that. It's really cool to just you know do something, you know. And you've had the opportunity to do it in so many countries. That's awesome. And um, mm-hmm. so now here, um, how was your experience settling in? Was Wellington the first city that you arrived in, and where you've been all this time?
3: Yep, the first and only. I'm a, I'm a Wellingtonian by heart, really. Although <laughs> a lot of friends tell me that you have to be 15 years in the city in New Zealand to be considered a local. So I'm mm. a third there. Um, so yeah, generally, Wellington, I think what had, had the right combination of it's small enough to not be overwhelming, but big enough to you know have a city with many, many different things to do. Um, as many... We, uh, we struggle with housing, so rents are high, <laughs> it was hard to find uh, the right place, it took a while, and I came with my pet, with my small uh, Jack Russell and Pug Dog, mm. so that was even harder, because uh, apparently oh, wow. Wellington, Wellington is not very much dog-friendly. I think mm. they like cats more here. But anyway, um, I managed, and now I'm, I'm in an okay place um, near Mount Vic, and uh, yep, yeah. I'm, uh, that was, that was the hardest part. Fortunately, my IT background allowed me to get a job relatively easy. Um, what else? And, uh, meeting people, I guess, Kiwis can be a bit shy, but once you get to know them and maybe you do some activities together, yeah, I got a few friends here and, uh, yep, I'm enjoying yeah. my time except the winter, which is now. <laughs> Yeah, as a tropical person, you, you could you could tell me the same. Yeah. I really don't like the winter. So but you know, what can you do? Yeah. And, that's, and you know the sacrifices. Yeah. When you come here, that's one of the sacrifices. Yeah.
1: And I'm in Christchurch and um yeah, I mean the thing is like the summer is actually quite nice, but it's like a two week long summer, really. Despite people saying that it's a three month uh, you know, a a station. No, what is it? What is season? <laughs> um um, it's still quite short. Okay, cool. So that's awesome. Uh, next, after this next song, we're going to be talking about a little bit of the work that you do, okay? So tell us, um, um, Andres, what is the next song coming?
3: The next song is called La Camisa Negra by Juanes, and I think it is about mourning the loss of, of many different things. It can be a lost love, it can be death, uh, many things, but yeah.
1: Nice, so- let's hit it. This is one is La Camisa Negra for you all.
0: Camisanera, Hoy mi amor está de luto Hoy tengo en el alma una pena Y es por culpa de tu embrujo Hoy sé que tú ya no me quieres Camisa nera, porque nera tengo el alma, yo por ti perdí la calma y casi pierdo hasta mi cama. Cama, 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 baby, te digo con disimulo que tengo la camisa negra y demás.
1: That was amazing. Um, you know what? Now that we watch the video here, I mean, for all the listeners, we can actually watch the video. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it came across to me as um, Juan is being like the first guy who ever did the what is that Instagram trend, the boomerang trend?
3: You know? Oh, really? <laughs> I haven't really noticed.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that Instagram trend, the boomerang that people do like that same. Yeah, movement, maybe. You know? He was yeah. the first one to do it in his video, you know, super okay. hipster.
3: I, I'm not on Instagram, unfortunately. I'm, I'm oh, Twitter. really? I'm okay. Twitter okay. Might or guy, basically.
1: <laughs> I'll send you some. Don't worry. So, um, Andres, tell us about your work. What is, I mean, you mentioned two things, right? That pretty much uh, keep you busy. So what are they?
3: Okay. So um, a few years ago, I decided to quit my commercial job, a life, and focus on working for social movements, civil society, NGOs. So that's what I'm doing. And so far, it's been three years like that. And it's been very rewarding. Mm-hmm. I mainly, I still do IT. I still do lots of programming or team management, uh, tech consulting. But I, my 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 employers and clients are mainly um, uh, charities and non-commer- nonprofits, basically. And I have a main job um, for Action Station and... Um, where I'm their tech lead. I also work for the Christchurch Call Advisory Network um, as a tech slash data slash admin. It's a very interesting role. And I also have occasional freelance uh, clients. Um, My latest one is um, an organization um, targeted to the disabled community. I'm making a, a website as well. So yeah, I try to... We try to work like that. That's kind of the way I make money. (laughs) I Mm. make a living with that. And then I have this other um, group. It's very, very small to try to help migrants, um, especially new migrants arriving uh, in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. We we focus on two main programs. One is trying to host for a few weeks or, you know, up to a month, um, a migrant uh, that is in a vulnerable situation. We've already helped um, a few, uh, especially when with the housing crisis and you know COVID, um, there, there, b- migrants that are not permanent residents became much more vulnerable to the to the situation. Uh, and just getting a few weeks of permanent hosting housing stability can really help you relax and then figure out your next step. Uh, so that's one key program. I am able to host in my home. I also have a tiny but growing network of people that are interested in hosting, and I'm inviting anyone who is interested in helping migrants like that. Nice,
1: yes. Actually, now that you're now that you're saying that, Andres, can you just maybe give us a little bit of contact details just in case anyone's listening and want to get in touch with you?
3: Yeah, yeah. You can just go to um, the website Migrants Oteroa dot org dot nz migrants alteroa one word dot org dot nz and you can find contact details there email phone number and um, and all of that uh, so the and the other program was uh, mainly headed by my i guess my my charity partner or my organizational partner mm. um it's focusing on uh, helping women uh get the best Uh, experience and adapt well in New Zealand we we can talk about many different aspects it can be job placement it can be belonging it can be any other issues that might affect and it's headed by a migrant lady Mm. from Belgium and uh, she's very nice she also works in the NGO space Uh, so um, and she has hosted also um, a migrant woman so basically she's very smart and I don't want to name any names in the moment but if you go to the website you might find out Uh, but basically the whole idea is on top of all the migrant situations um, this is not a perfect egalitarian country so sometimes women also um, Mm. suffer a bit more so yeah um, that program is set up to to help one another and yeah conversations mainly one-on-one talks that has happened and even sometime one of our volunteers through one of the conversations with a a migrant uh, lady, was a really young lady, uh, identified that she needed the housing program. So sometimes they work together and we were able to find her housing, um, temporary housing, yeah. Mm. Um, So it's really, really important to have these conversations to basically ask for help. And there are resources around, not every resource or not every help is targeted to everyone. Sometimes you have to be a permanent resident Mm-hmm. But we try to find um, organizations that help uh, anyone. And we also help anyone. We don't ask for uh, visa status or anything like that. We, if you need some help and we can provide it, we will do it. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what we can uh, do at the moment. And yeah, it's just very slow, growing very slow. And uh, we are uh, at capacity. But you know, if we can help or we can point you to somewhere else that... Can help you. Um, we're happy to do it, and of course, we we support both English, Spanish, French, and uh, one of our volunteers also speak uh, Urdu and other and other uh, languages as well. So yeah, uh, if uh, English is an is an issue, we can still we can probably find a way to communicate with one another. So yeah, um, that yeah.
1: that yeah. sounds very admirable, man, and I I really think that you kind of like hit the right spot there right because there's so many people you know when you talk about migrants like when I came here you know I came with that chip of living in Ecuador and there were so many things here that you can have access to that in Ecuador you can't even even think about it mm-hmm. you know yeah. and those things are actually you know it's it's more than just saying oh well here you can have this like you know it really takes a time to assimilate to this place where you're not ashamed of asking for help where you understand your rights as a citizen, you know?
3: Right, exactly. I, I talk more about integration because integration is better because you don't lose your culture, but you also balance um, both the bicultural um, system here, which is the Maori and the Pakeha um, culture. You, you kind of balance this and you also bring your own culture. It's called third culture. Um, mm. So yeah, integration is key to, for everyone. Everyone benefits in that sense, and I guess this whole thing started because when I was in Sydney, I had to do all this by myself. Even though uh, even though I had the great privilege of uh, working in IT, so I, at least the money-wise was okay, I realized that not everyone has that opportunity, mm-hmm. so I kind of wanted to make something that I wish existed when mm-hmm. I arrived, so I'm trying to make it like that. And yeah, that's, uh, that's an important uh, part. I definitely want to make things a bit easier. Mm-hmm. And you're right about the, knowing your, the rules and knowing your rights, your employment rights. Some migrants are exploited. A lot of migrants are exploited. Uh, a lot of migrants are not properly taken, um, taken fairly when, when dealing with different uh, issues. Uh, sometimes it's because of ignorance. Sometimes it's, be, it's because the person really doesn't know um, that, that, you know, those laws exist. So yeah, that's also part of it. Like, you know, making yourself respect, like you, even though you're a migrant, Hey, you're, you're treated, you must be treated equally here. That's why.
1: Yeah. That's, you know, that's, I feel like that's uh, one of the key aspects that, um, in Ecuador where I'm from, at least, you know, it's, it's something that is very hard to even understand, you know, like, (laughs) I mean, I guess the institutions in some places are so weak that when you come to a place where they're a, as strong as they should be, you feel like, what? What's happening here? <laughs> but anyway, Andres, no, it's, re- yeah, it's, it's really good to hear about you. And can you tell, I mean, we're running out of time, but can you tell us a little bit about your side, uh, well, your other side of the, your work, which is uh, tech for good, right? Like Yeah, so that- sure. Uh,
3: yeah, so I described a bit a bit in the beginning, but um, if you go to my website, oventi, O small V, E-N-T-I.org, oventi.org, you can find a bit more about the sort of work that I do, and get in touch with me. I generally like helping small NGOs, small um, um, social movements, groups, and uh, yeah, I, and of course, give a discount to that sort of a, uh, work. Uh, at the moment, I'm a bit over capacity, but hopefully in the next few months, I'll be I'll be freer. And I really like helping migrants uh, or migrant projects in that mm. in that space. But anything that basically makes Otero and New Zealand better, yeah, I, I'll be I'll be interested.
1: It's uh, it's actually really know. cool that you've like shifted your career to that kind of thing. That in many places is is quite overlooked, right? I mean, I guess that when you think about it, now it, technology and web and all that is is just you know as basic as accountants you know like it's so (laughs) something that you have to have present and it's not easy sometimes to do I mean even though you have websites that claim to be as user-friendly as they can be it's not really as easy as as some people might think and it's really cool that you've taken you know your skills to to you know take this a space that sometimes is overlooked isn't it
3: yeah I mean and um, I've worked with many different organizations and they generally could use some help for some custom solutions or maybe some advice about what's the best way to do things. So yeah. And my my goal is if we if we make things more efficient, um basically I'm saving the organization's money and that money can be can be used for their actual you know Mahi for their actual work. So the more we can put on the field, better.
1: Yeah. Awesome. This is great. It's great to have you here. I mean we're running out of time now so uh, it's been really, really great. I know that this is kind of like only a snapshot of what you are, you know, who you are. So hopefully I'll, you know, we'll get to speak more in like future shows, future episodes. <laughs> and now, Andres, I'm going to let you to um, say bye in the show with the last song that you've recommended. Uh, and I really like for the record.
3: So, um, yeah, tell us. Okay, so the, the, the last song is Basilos Mi Primer Millón. Um, once again thank for thank you for having me and this is all about the song is all about goals and reaching your first million or it can be any goal that you want. So yeah, thank you again and kakite.
1: Thank you. See you later, everyone. See you next month.